KTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The chief executive confirms that another housing block in Kwaichung Estate has been locked down for five days. Carrie Lam says she personally put Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi on leave until February the 24th. And two more workers at a children's home in Prince Edward are arrested over alleged child abuse. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has confirmed that another block of flats in Kwai Chung Estate is being subjected to a five-day lockdown. That's after health officials confirmed five preliminary positive cases in Ha Kwai House, where 525 people were tested after it was locked down overnight. Speaking this morning, Mrs. Lam said work is ongoing and the lockdown will be lifted on Friday. She also announced that the first block in the estate to be locked down for five days, Yat Kwai House, won't be reopened tomorrow morning as scheduled. The chief executive said the lockdown there will be expend- extended for two more days until Friday. She said there are so far around 220 confirmed and preliminary positive cases in the estate, and authority- authorities need to protect residents. I fully understand uh, the impact on the residents. And there are over 2,500 residents alone in the Yat Kwai building. We will continue to step up our, our staff mobilization to provide support to the residents. Now, including the Ha Kwai Lao that I announced this morning, we will have three blocks of residents totaling over 7,000 people who need to be supported in the next few days in terms of their their breakfast, lunch, dinners, and all their daily necessities, their requirement for drugs, and so on. There were two other lockdowns overnight. No new cases were found after about 80 people were tested at the Hingfeng building in Shamshui Po. But one preliminary positive case was found in Futak House at Taiwo Hao Estate, where 1,695 residents were tested. The CEO also defended her decision not to wear a face mask during her weekly press conferences, saying this was a well-thought-out behavior. She said the only time she doesn't wear a mask is when she needs to address the people of Hong Kong, either when delivering her policy ad- address or during her weekly press conference before the Executive Council meeting. She says it helps the people of Hong Kong to see and understand what she's feeling. I'm not doing it because of discomfort. I'm not taking off masks because of discomfort, because if you, uh, if you see me on the street, I'm wearing my mask. If I do my three-day presentation of what's an honest, six, six hours a day, I wore my mask. But now I'm talking to the people of Hong Kong, and I want the people of Hong Kong to understand exactly the situation that Hong Kong is in, and to pull in their efforts to support this very important fight against the Omicron. Mrs. Lam also confirmed that she personally put Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi on leave until February the 24th. Mr. Choi was among those attending a birthday party for NPC Delegate Whitman Hung, which was at the center of a COVID outbreak earlier this month. She said an investigation into the party is coming to an end and she would announce the results and consequential actions before Chinese New Year. She said because certain people stayed at the party longer and some left earlier, not everyone will get the same punishment. The Secretary for Home Affairs is an official whom we will have to look into very deeply because of various aspects. He has stayed long. I already told you that he was one of those who stayed for a pretty long period during a pretty late time of the dinner party. And of course, his position is a secretary for home affairs who is involved in the anti-epidemic operation of the Hong Kong SAR government. 
I have already asked that he should not come to work until the investigation is completed and the results uh, announced to the public, including any possible sanctions. The police say they've arrested two more workers at a children's home in Prince Edward at the Centre of Abuse Allegations. The two women in their 20s are being detained on suspicion of ill-treatment or neglect of children. Officers have so far arrested 20 people from the children's residential home in connection with the case, and the number of alleged victims has risen to 35. At least eight people have been killed in Cameroon in a stampede at a stadium in the capital Yaoundé which was hosting an Africa Cup of Nations football match. Dozens were injured, including some children. The BBC's Piers Edwards reports from Yaoundé. The deaths occurred as fans tried to force their entry into the stadium half an hour before kickoff. This was at a perimeter fence outside the stadium where fans were pushed against gates by the sheer number of people trying to get in. Shoes and clothing were amongst the debris found at the site of the incident, with 50 wounded reported to have been taken to the nearby Masasi Hospital. African football's ruling body has sent a delegation to visit victims in hospital in the Cameroonian capital. The British Prime Minister's office has admitted that staff at Downing Street has gathered, gathered to wish Boris Johnson a happy birthday during the first pandemic lockdown in, in June 2020. It's the latest in a string of revelations about parties held there or in other government departments during coronavirus restrictions. The BBC's Nick Erdley says it couldn't come at a worse time for Mr Johnson, who's already facing calls to resign. This is a week in which Downing Street knew that the pressure potentially was going to come to a head. Speaking to Boris Johnson's allies around Parliament today, they seemed in a more relaxed mood than they had been last week. I suspect that this might change a lot of that because it's a very serious allegation that Boris Johnson was at an event that was principally social, that may have been involving people who were in the office, but that it was a gathering designed to celebrate his birthday. Keir Starmer is the leader of the opposition. We've got a prime minister and a government that spend their whole time mopping up sleaze and deceit. Meanwhile, millions of people are struggling to pay their bills. And we can't afford to go on with this chaotic, rudderless government. The prime minister is a national distraction. And he's got to go. Washington has placed more than 8,000 U.S.-based troops on a heightened state of alert amid tensions with Moscow over Ukraine. Pentagon spokesman said if deployed, the troops would be sent to bolster NATO's presence in Eastern Europe. Jen Psaki is the White House press secretary. We've always said we would reinforce our allies on the eastern flank. In fact, we've never ruled out the option of providing additional assistance in advance of an invasion. We have a sacred obligation to support the security of our eastern flank countries. I think it's important to remember who the aggressor is here. It is Russia who has tens of thousands of troops on the border of Ukraine. They have the power to de-escalate. We would certainly welcome that. Russia denies planning to invade Ukraine. President Biden has been holding talks with key European allies over a common strategy toward the situation. A court in the United States has started hearing a civil rights violation case against three police officers involved in the murder of an unarmed black man, George Floyd. The killing of Mr. Floyd by a white officer, Derek Chauvin, who knelt on his neck for more than nine minutes, led to worldwide protests over the treatment of black people. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports. The federal prosecutor, Samantha Treppel, said the defendants had broken their oath as police officers with a callous indifference to George Floyd's dying pleas for help. 
She said video captured how one of them at times seemed more preoccupied with some gravel lodged in the tyre of a nearby police car than the man beneath him repeatedly saying, I can't breathe. Derek Chauvin has already pleaded guilty to the civil rights charge following his murder conviction last year. Three defendants will also face a state trial for aiding and abetting the killing. All three deny the charges. Guatemala's highest court has sentenced five former paramilitaries to 30 years in prison for raping and enslaving 36 indigenous Mayan women during the country's civil war. Some of the survivors and their families, members of the Achi indigenous group, were in court as the sentences were passed down. The crimes against humanity were committed some 40 years ago when the violence against Guatemala's indigenous people was at its most brutal. Dozens of Islamic State fighters have surrendered in northern Syria on the fifth day of a battle with Kurdish forces controlling a prison where thousands of suspected jihadists are held. Kurdish forces say some 300 IS militants gave themselves up, although that number has not been verified. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has more. Buses and military vehicles have been bringing what appear to be IS militants out of the jail after the Kurdish-led SDF says its forces stormed and took control of one of the prison buildings in the town of Hasika. Since Thursday night, when IS launched its most ambitious military assault in years, a major battle has erupted in which the US-led coalition has carried out airstrikes in support of the SDF. Around 200 people have reportedly been killed, mostly prison inmates and IS fighters. The James Webb Space Telescope has arrived at its final destination, one and a half million kilometers from the Earth. The next five months will be spent getting Webb's instruments ready to take images of the cosmos. Dr. Amber Strawn is an astrophysicist with NASA. We can expect really spectacularly beautiful images to come back from this awesome new telescope. But beyond that, they're going to be amazing scientifically, of course. We will be looking at things in the universe ranging from objects within our own solar system all the way out to searching for the very first galaxies to be born after the Big Bang and everything in time and space in between. It's going to be awesome. Scientists say hippos can communicate with each other and tell the difference between the honking sounds of their friends, neighbors, and strangers. Until now, the function of the most common hippo calls, known as wheeze honks, had been a mystery. The BBC's Helen Briggs has the story. Hippos are noisy creatures, making squeals, grunts, bellows, and honks. The researchers recorded hippo talk at a nature reserve in Mozambique. They broadcast the recordings through loudspeakers over lakes and found resident hippos responded differently to friends, neighbours and strangers, suggesting they could tell each other apart. The scientists say their study has important implications for conservation policy and could help the management of hippo populations in the wild. A new report on global supply chains suggests disruption caused by the COVID pandemic is set to continue well into 2022. Project 44, a logistics company, compiled the report. The BBC's Chris Morris has this report. COVID continues to have a huge impact on global supply chains. Shipping costs have soared, delays have become routine, and empty shipping containers across the world are in the wrong place. Last month, says Project 44, those delays on the key route between China and Europe grew significantly, even though ports like Rotterdam were busier than ever. In the US, President Biden has also made solving the logistics crunch a key priority. But China's zero-Covid policy isn't making things any easier. 
and another port shutdown would add to delays. Bob Dylan has become the latest artist to sell his entire recording catalog, including any future releases. Reports suggest the deal with Sony Music could be worth more than 200 million U.S. dollars. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,326. That's 330 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $72 billion. And in currency, a short time ago, the U.S. dollar will buy you 113.7 yen. The euro was standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 13 cents. And the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 48 cents. And to sports, we start with tennis, where a resurgent Madison Keys has reached her first Australia Open semifinal since 2015 with another big upset to French Open champion Barbara Kachikova. The unseeded American, ranked 51, was too good for the Czech fourth seed, who struggled in the searing Melbourne heat, crashing 6-3, 6-2 on Rod Laver Arena. Key's reward is a clash with either world number one Ashley Barty or fellow American and 21st seed Jessica Pagula, for a place in the final. English Premier League side Watford have sacked manager Claudio Ranieri after just four months in charge. Last Friday's 3-0 defeat to Norwich saw Watford drop into the bottom three. Watford are now there. Uh, Watford are now seeking their 15th manager since the current owners took over in 2012. Here's the BBC's Simon Stone. Watford are pretty trigger-happy when it comes to getting rid of their managers of their last 11 I have worked out now only one Javi uh, Gracia has even reached 50 games in charge. Uh, Ranieri didn't even get to 15. Um, he got f uh, seven points from 13 matches. The club is second from bottom of the table. They play Burnley in their next game in a week on Saturday. It will be interesting to see how quickly they act. I'm pretty sure they they want someone in. Um, by the end of this week at the latest to, to build up to that Burnley game. In snooker, Hossein Vafahi has become the first Iranian player to win a ranking title, beating Mark Williams in the final of a snooker shootout. Vafahi won the one-frame final with a break of 71 and dedicated the victory to his late grandmother. He hopes the achievement inspires people back home. It's such a big achievement for me and... It's like a dream come true for me and all the youngsters in Iran, so they can see everything is possible. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter how much trouble you have. If you want, you can take what you want. And then the news, the top stories. Once again, the chief executive confirms another housing block in Kwaichung Estate has been locked down for five days. And she also says she put the Home Affairs Secretary, Casper Choi, on leave until February the 24th, personally. And two more workers at a children's home in Prince Edward are arrested over alleged child abuse. And that's the news from RTHK. How should the government allocate limited resources most effectively? Which areas do we need to reinforce and streamline so Hong Kong can reach a breakthrough? Let's seek boundless development despite the limited resources. Please share your views to help Hong Kong go higher and further. The 2022-23 budget public consultation has started. Share your thoughts at budget.gov.hk on ways to foster economic growth. For a safe and healthy living environment, Owners should not alter the drainage systems of buildings on their own. They must ensure proper maintenance of drainage pipes and should appoint qualified professionals or contractors for regular inspection and arrange early repair if seepage or defects are found. 
they may apply for loans or subsidies from the Buildings Department and the Urban Renewal Authority. Visit bd.gov.hk for details. Thank you. 